Good morning, everyone. This morning we're reading from Galatians, chapter 6, from verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Thanks, Julie. Before we commence, uh, let's, let's pray. May the words that I say and the thoughts and ideas that we explore this morning be true to your word. And help us to understand more clearly your message to us and your love for us. Amen. Uh, it's good to be here and I thank Matt for the opportunity to preach to you, to talk to you this morning from the, from the scriptures. Uh, you'll notice the title, A New Year and Ancient Hope. Uh, I got a message during the, during the week that someone read that title and said, oh, it's going to be Star Wars illusions and illustrations. And I went, how on earth do you get that out of that? But then uh, I'd like to reassure you that there will be no Star Wars illusions, no Star Wars illusions. I know how you love Star Wars in this congregation, but um, we're staring away from those. Rather, what I'm thinking about here is, well, this coming year, as I said to uh, Sarah earlier on, uh, what, what can we do that, that brings us hope? Uh, one of the tasks I've done over this past week is to collect up the cards and letters that we received over the Christmas New Year period. Uh, and what I did was I, I read them over again. Uh, I just thought, let's, let's see what's happened uh, back to, to my friends. And as I read them over, I noticed that there was a common theme that was across many of them. And that common theme was that, wow, 2021 was a difficult year. It was a bad year. It was a frustrating year. People said to me, it impacted both us, the person individually, and their churches negatively. Some told me stories of the impact that COVID restrictions and limitations have had on them, but not only on them, but also upon the sense of fellowship and purpose and direction in their church. They grieved for the loss of the Christian community that they'd lived in and observed and experienced over the years. The past year, they saw that being damaged. And many of them ended with an exhortation uh, along the lines of, well, we hope that 2022 will be better for all of us. And as I look around you, I found myself sharing that sentiment. Yeah, I expect all of you would hope that 2022 will be better. As I thought about it, I realised the problem is that just hoping things will be better doesn't actually achieve anything. The important question is, how are we going to do that? What steps can we take to build up our Christian community in 2022? What steps can we take that will build our community so that it becomes more the people that God 
wants us to be more the church that God wants us to be? What steps can we take that will make our church a beacon of hope for 2022? And that's why I chose Galatians. Uh, I think that Paul has the answer in his letter to the Galatians to that question. Uh, You see, Galatia, the church in Galatia, was one which needed encouragement and building up. It was one where there was hope that needed hope. It was losing hope. And whilst the issues that face the church in Galatia are different to those facing us today, the steps that Paul suggests are timeless. These ancient wisdom uh, is still applicable today, I believe. The steps that Paul suggested enable us, I believe, to grow and develop and become the church that God wants us to be, despite the circumstances. Now, the issues the Galatian church was facing were ones of poor theology and dissension, conflict, the role of tradition and legalism in the, in the group in the church. But underpinning them all was the ongoing problem of sin, particularly the sins of pride and self-centeredness. And it was those that led to the Galatian church losing their sense of direction and purpose, their sense of connectedness and their sense of community. And I'm not suggesting that this church, Gospel Presbyterian Church, is suffering from any of those particular issues. Um, I don't think we're drifting from the truth of the Gospel. I don't think we're elevating the role of tradition in church life. We're emphasising salvation by works. Indeed, I think we find our hope for 2022 in the truth of the Gospel. But I do recognise that we live in a time of ongoing difficulties. In the last two years, let's get through here, skip, sorry. In the last two years, we've seen ministry opportunities limited in ways that uh, we never would have suspected. There we are. We've seen restrictions placed upon us. We've seen the church's ability to serve its community limited from the ways we used to see them. We've been forced online and offline and online again and offline again and who knows, online again. Um, Back to Zoom for our meetings. Who, who, we don't really know and what's the, what the future holds. And because we've been able, unable to meet together in, in the ways we used to it, we've been unable to care for each other and support each other in the ways that we have in the past. And then, of course, the last few weeks have seen the rise of Omicron. And the rise of Omicron has meant that, for a number of us, the expected return to the way we used to do church looks even further away than it did last year. We're not restricted in the same way as we were by government intervention, but the experience of having to self-isolate is significantly impacting people's availability to serve and significantly impacting the things we can do. Uh, Peach missions have been limited. Uh, the, the traditional church camps, whilst PY uh, ran, um, it was in a modified form. And uh, even in, at the local level, uh, my son-in-law's church is using recorded music this morning because every member of his musical team is isolating. And so I rejoiced when I came in and saw we had a musical team. Thanks so much, guys, for keeping yourself um, away from the, the COVIDness. And as a result, many of us, our effectiveness in achieving our purpose and growing our sense of community has been impacted, and we worry about the future. As I talked with people over this past week, I got the feeling that there's a sense of discouragement, a sense of being disconnected, a sense of a lack of hope. So I want to say, if that's you, don't despair. 2022 will be better. We'll be better if we follow the steps that Paul advises the Galatians to take. 
Those steps are timeless. They were effective 2,000 years ago and they will be effective today regardless of the circumstances and situation. And Paul identifies in Galatians, uh, in the totality of Galatians, five steps that he advises the church and their community to take, which will lead to the church growing, witnessing, connected and caring. And the first of those is that we should believe in the crucified Christ. We find this exhortation in Galatians 3, uh, not, didn't read it this morning, but it's in the set of Galatians 1 to 3, where Paul says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I'd like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law? Or did you receive it by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? So Paul was reminding the Galatians that their salvation, their very relationship with God, lies in their belief that Jesus was crucified for them. And he explains to them they received the Holy Spirit because of that belief. Their salvation is not by their effort. Um, They and we could never achieve that goal by by our efforts. So that's true for us. Now we need to know what our goal is. What's our goal in life? Our goal in life is to be in relationship with God. For it's in our relationship with God that we find purpose and hope for a better future. And that goal, the goal of relationship with God, is only attained by believing in Christ and relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through our belief that Jesus was the Son of God and through trusting that he was crucified for our sins that we're given the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live the way that God wants us to live, to live in hope. So the first step in growing and building our church for 2022 to bring hope is to encourage all members of the community into a deeper relationship with God. This provides direction and unity for the community. It it gives a sense of shared purpose for the future and it gives us that hope that is never impacted by the circumstances that enables us to rise above it. The question is, how do we believe in the the crucified Christ? How do we encourage people to believe? Well, the answer is there in the middle of the passage. By believing what we hear about Jesus, that is. By believing the truth that's really revealed in the Bible. And so I encourage you in this coming year, Bible reading, sitting under biblical teaching, coming to church when we can, praying and fellowship with other believers by whatever means is integral to us hearing about Jesus and hence growing in relationship with him in the new year. That's the first point about hope for 2022. Believe in the crucified Christ. And of course, that's the fundamental and most important point that that Paul encourages in Galatians. He gives us four more suggestions about steps, and they're the ones that are found in uh, verses uh, chapter 6, verses 1 to 10, steps 2 to 5. And the second step is, if we're going to have hope, and grow our church, we need to care for your fellow Christians. He says in 6 verse 1 to 2, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, 
or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. You see, those of us in relationship with God have an obligation to care for those who are also in a relationship with God. Christians need to care for Christians. And caring for our fellow Christians means that we need to bear their burdens. There are two burdens that Paul's concerned about here. The first is the burden of observed sin, sin that people are caught in. And the second is the burden that arises from any other source, maybe other sins that we don't know about, emotional or spiritual or physical or social difficulties. The word burden there in that sentence simply means anything that weighs a person down emotionally, relationally. Why is it important for the community? Well, because nothing builds a community better than the experience of being loved. We are a loving community. And one of the most important ways of loving someone and caring for them is to support them as they deal with the various burdens that occur in their lives. Paul says, what does that look like? Well, it looks like a community that practices servanthood and honesty. It looks like all members of the community acknowledging their sinfulness and working together to overcome the burden of that sinfulness. It looks like all members of the community seeing others as being more important than themselves, having that servant heart. It looks like all members of the church being willing to make the effort to meet the emotional and social needs of others as they themselves have the capacity to do so. And all these things can be done regardless of the impact of COVID. They can be done by phone or by interpersonal contact, by technology. They can even be done while wearing a mask, as you all are today. But we need to be aware that there's a warning in these verses. Galatians 6.1 has in it, but watch yourself or you may also be tempted. And in 3.5, verses 3 to 5, Paul expands on that and says, if anyone thinks he's something when he is nothing, then he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. So that warning becomes the third step that Paul encourages. Accurately appraise your own sinfulness. As we move into 2022, we will see and have plenty of opportunities to realise that we are sinful people. And we need to be aware of that and, and to always be willing to take the steps to deal with that sin. What Paul's encouraging here, the first step he's encouraging, is that when you're helping out somebody else to deal with their sin, be on the alert. There are risks associated with caring for others. One of those risks is the sin of, is, is the risk of committing the sin the other person is committing. And there's a second sin there as well. The second risk is the risk of the sin of pride. Both of those are massively capable of damaging the church community. In dealing with the first sin, that where someone is caught in it and, and, and is known, Paul observes or commands that only the spiritual should restore that person. In this context, spiritual means stronger in faith. And when caring in this way, 
there to restore them gently. That means without judgment or harshness, recognising that you're just as much a sinner as they are. Paul makes this statement because he's well aware that sinfulness is contagious. Um, it's human nature to fall when tempted. Uh, as uh, one of our famous philosophers made the comment, um, the easiest way to get rid of temptation is to yield. And unfortunately, some of us abide by that. So when we're supporting someone else through a period of, uh, of time when they've been trapped in a sin, there is always that distinct possibility that we too may be tempted by the same sin. I'll give you an example. A few years back, I was supporting a minister as he dealt with his desire to watch pornography. I'm a psychologist by, by profession. How did he fall into this sin? Well, it started when he was trying to support a member of his congregation to deal with his con- pornography addiction. So you see, Galatians 6.1 was in action. It can happen no matter how spiritual you are, but Paul reminds us it's less likely when the person restoring the other person is mature and strong in the faith. And so part of our goal in 2022 needs to be grow to be maturity and strengthen our faith so that we can care for and support others without falling into the same sins ourselves. But there's another sin here, the sin of pride. And in fact, as you read through Galatians, you see the sin of pride is one of the things he's most concerned about there. You see, when it comes to caring for other people, our sinful nature can kick in. It's a natural temptation for the person helping to think they're better than the one being helped. We can't help someone unless we're more capable than they are, is a logic that's held out in many of the current gurus of our community. But Paul says no. Recognise that you're a sinner as well and realise that you will be held accountable by God for your own behaviour. No one's in a position to judge anyone else. They are just as much a sinner as the person they're required to care for. And if they're tempted to think that in some way they are superior to the others, then he reminds them, you too will be judged by God. The comparison we make is not with others in our community, not with others in the church. The comparison we need to make is with God's standards. We find those in Scripture. And when we look at ourselves and compare ourselves with those standards, then we all come to that conclusion that Paul does. You're nothing. And we need to be reminded of this. We will see others in our community trapped in sin or staggering under their burdens during 2022. And our response is to be one of care and support with kindness and humility. There'll be the temptation there to to turn away. That's the sin of pride at work. To think, that's not my business. Or there'll be a temptation for our pride to actually kick in and for us to think, well, look at them, I'd never do that. Or maybe to judge them and feel a sense of superiority because we're in a position to help them. And a warning is, be afraid of that. Beware of your, be aware of your pride. And beware of your pride. Yes, we are all required to bear each other's burdens. To support, care and love each other. But the help we are to give is to be given as a fellow traveller. We're not to stand in front of a person trying to drag them along with the reins. We're not to stand behind them, goading them with a whip. We are to walk beside people supporting them whilst they negotiate the issue and to do so prayerfully 
seeking God's wisdom and strength to avoid the same situation yourself and to enable you to support them effectively and always thanking God for who you are and for the salvation that comes has come to you through your relationship with Christ. And there's a fourth step that Paul gives us. Please the Spirit. We find that in Galatians 6, uh, verses 6 to 8. Anyone who receives instruction in the Word must be share, must share all good things with his instructor. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Paul reminds his readers that as spiritual people, they have an obligation to live in a way that pleases the Spirit. The first question that leaps into our mind, of course, is what's it mean to please the Spirit? What's that look like? Well, firstly, it looks like generosity towards those who instruct them. And that's not just to those in the formal position of leadership in the church. It's to anyone who takes on that role of restoring those who are sinning. That's what the phrase instruction, the word, means in this passage. It means helping someone to be restored into the relationship with God. And what are the good things we can share? Well, this verse is often used to support the importance of uh, supporting financially those who teach us. And, and look, that's a valid interpretation and it's very wise. And I'd like to encourage you to continue supporting this church as you continue to worship him. But there's a much wider interpretation than that. It's much more than that. All good things means just that. All good things. And that includes things like thankfulness. Thanking those who support us for the work they've done in instructing us. Acknowledgement is a good thing. Acknowledging the change and the differences in our lives that their instruction and their support and their mentoring has brought about. It means encouraging. Encouraging those who lead us and guide us and support us, our Bible study group leaders. Encourage them for the doing a difficult task well. And it means helping them when they come into difficulties. We often forget that those leading us because of their status in front of us, we don't realise that they're having difficulties as well. They are sinful people as well. And so encouraging them and helping them when they're in difficulties is great. And perhaps the simplest of all ways of doing good is to listen when someone needs a listener. So Paul is saying to the Galatians, we need to be caring for those who care for them, and that's the same message for us. We need to be caring for those who care for us. But there's a wider implication as well at the end of the first there. Paul has explained what, what pleasing the Spirit looks like in chapters 5 to 16, uh, chapter 5 verses 16 to 26. It means stopping the behaviours that arise from the sinful nature and showing those behaviours that reflect the fruits of the Spirit. And this is not just in their interactions with Christians, it's within the wider community as well. So Paul's broadening the way we have been impact, the way we bring hope. And so it is to be with us. We're to show the fruits of the Spirit to all. And those fruits of the Spirit are there in Galatians uh, 5, 22 to 23. 
You know them all. I don't need to remind you of them. We are to demonstrate love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control in all our interactions. It's not easy, but it's a command. You see, these are the seeds we need to sow which grow a loving, caring and other-centered church. These are the seeds that God waters to bring forth a community which brings love and hope and encouragement and care to its members. But not only to its members, but to those in the community around us. Show, uh, please the Spirit is the fourth of these commands. And the fifth step that will grow a, uh, a church that provides security and hope for 2022 is uh, probably the easiest. Do good to all, always. Yeah. <coughs> so you read that, you go, wow. I'll just remind you what he says there. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. What's it look like to do good? Well, it looks like taking action that benefits others. Actions that encourage their growth in the spirit and enable them to constructively handle the sin in their life. Taking actions that enable them to live a fruitful and productive life. This is a great challenge for us. There is a harvest that comes from doing good. And the harvest is people experiencing salvation, coming into relationship with God, growing in that relationship and knowing the security and the hope that comes from that relationship. And they then in turn go out and plant more seeds, which in turn produce more fruit. So the cyclical nature of the growth of the church and of God's love for us and the way he brings it to us continues on. So we're all encouraged to do good always. But there's also a reality that Paul reminds his readers of in this passage. And that is that doing good is tiring. It's not just physically tiring, it's spiritually and emotionally tiring as well. We will get disheartened. We will get disappointed. And at times it will seem that we're the only people trying to do good in the community. But when that happens we're to hold on to the fact that the harvest will come, that Christ is there at the centre, and therefore we can find our motivation and strength through the Holy Spirit, which we mentioned right back at the beginning. So yes, there will be a tiredness, but it's a good tiredness, a tiredness that comes from helping build a community that can and will be a beacon of hope for us, a beacon of care throughout 2022. And so we turn to that original question, how can we build a community so we become more the people and the church that God wants us to be? How can we build a church that brings hope and love to our community? Well, these five steps are a great start. Firstly, believe in the crucified Christ, foundational. Depend upon him, grow our faith. Secondly, Care for your fellow Christians. Do so with intentionality and persistence. Thirdly, accurately appraise your own sinfulness. Bow down before God in thankfulness that he is who he, who he is and what he has done for us. 
Fourthly, please the Spirit. Show those fruits to those people around us and plant them in our community. And fifthly, do good to all always. Care, encourage and be positive and help those around us. In this way, we can build a community of people who are connected, who are a beacon of hope, regardless of whatever comes in 2022. In this way, we can build a community that provides care and comfort, regardless of whatever challenges 2022 throws at us. And in this way, we will build a community that will be an effective witness to the wider community, regardless of any limitations and restrictions that we may have to endure in 2022. In this way, we will continue to be the people and the church that God wants us to be in 2022. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have called us. We thank you that you sent your son to die for us, and that through him we can grow into relationship with you. Through him we can grow into uh, being the community that you want us to be. So, Lord, help us to grow our faith, our belief in you in this coming year. Enable us to care for our fellow Christians, to be willing to go the extra mile to support them. Help us to always be mindful of our own sinfulness, to take steps to prevent ourselves from falling into sin, and be willing to care and support those who may be involved in sin, who are involved in sin. And Lord, above all, help us to please your Spirit and to do good always through the power and strength of your Holy Spirit. Lord, enable us to become, in 2022, the church you would have us be. Amen.